Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to the Run to Daylight Football Funcast with your host, Todd Burroughs. show of the Run to Daylight podcast. I'm your host, Todd Burrows. I will be joined in a moment by my frequent partner, the Motown Mauler, and we will be making a lineup for DraftKings. Uh, We are going to be doing it a little bit different this year based on the fact that DraftKings has made what we do technically not kosher. So uh, we're going to do it just slightly different. We are not going to be playing the same lineup. And we are going to leave the flex position. We'll we'll fill out all the spots. And when we get to the flex, we'll review some of the names of the people that are there without going into much detail, just some some of the options that everyone can consider if you're following our lineup. And uh, then everyone will go and choose the flex player that they think is best um, and will, you know, hopefully not gain any issues with the good folks over at DraftKings, not looking for any problems. And, again, Mauler and I will be playing separate lineups with different flex people, so we will not have the same lineup. This show is to show people how you can build a lineup, and so that's what we're going to be doing. So it's been a bit of a journey for me. I stopped really focusing on MLB about a month ago. Um, I, I broke even on NFL next last year, but I, I know that there's a lot more that I could improve on. I spent a week and a half most of the time when I was on vacation studying uh, JM to wins lessons reading pretty much everything that T.J. Raybon, uh, T.J. Hernandez and Chris Raybon did, some great work for 4 for 4, and uh, Jonathan Bell's new book and rejoined Fantasy Labs. All those things have helped me, so hopefully you will enjoy the extra work I've put in as we get through this. But first, let me introduce from the great state of Michigan, the Motown Mauler. Mauler, how you doing? I'm doing great. I uh, I was kind of like you, Todd. You know, school started back up here this week, so I went back to work. So I kind of uh, tailed away from MLB this week other than my season-long playoffs that I'm in. And uh, I'm really excited for NFL. I've been studying all week, um, reading articles like you from the, the greats of our game, and, uh, you know, getting some injury news and seeing who who benefits from that, and I'm ready to go. Yep. So, Mauler, two things that I've really been focused on when it comes to NFL, um, to make my game better, one of the things you hear a lot is know who you are. Well, I I think I'm a better uh, GPP player. I think my mind works better that way than cash. 
Also, since I only broke even last year trying to do cash and GPP, I decided that in the beginning of this year, I would focus on GPP. So that was one thing. The other thing that I really wanted to hone in on, and Fantasy Labs is a a great spot for this. Roto Grinders also does it. They will guess what the ownerships will be. But beyond what other people are guessing, you have to go and you have to listen to who everyone is touting. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to avoid all the chalk, but if I can find someone I like nearly as much, and this was one of the key points in Bell's book, you know, let's say you like guy A and he's $5,000 and you probably all know who I'm alluding to. Well, is there anyone, you know, let's say you, let's say you go up to $7,000 or, or even, a, you know, a, a running back who happens to be 4,400 who seems to be the chalk this week. You know, what's the chances of him going off? Is he really the chalk or is everyone just saying he's the chalk? So we'll get into all that. Um, really going to put an ownership slant on a lot of our picks this year. But I'm going to turn it over to you, Mauler. Why don't you give us a review of the quarterbacks you like this week on DraftKings? Yeah, well, you pretty much started us off with the quarterbacks by saying who was going to be chalk. You know, one of the good ways to, uh, you know, kind of look at who people are going to play is through social media. You know, keeping up with Twitter, keeping up with other sites. And, you know, we all know our $5,000 guy, Dak, is going to be the chalk and the most high-owned. So we look for points, you know, that we can maybe exceed his points or or get as many points at a way lower ownership. And when I look for that this week, at the top of the price points, I like Drew Brees at 8,100. Um, they should be passing the ball quite a bit at home. You know, they always play better at home. And I like him at 8,100. And then uh, I move down next to another indoor game. The Lions are not at home, but they are uh, indoors at Indy. And I think Matthew Stafford is going to throw the ball a lot. On our last episode, we talked about how they're um, running, you know, a faster-paced offense, a little no huddle. And they got some nice receivers in there. So I like Matthew Stafford at uh, the 7,200 price point. And um, I think the lowest ownership guy that I like, um, they're playing the Packers, but they're at home. I think Blake Bortles is a nice pick. So those are my three that I like, um, and, uh, you know, that'll pivot us off the, quote, chalk of the week in Dak Prescott. Yep, and we do need to, dis- uh, you know, look, I, I you know, I, I've made about 60 lineups for DraftKings, and I think I've got 6% Dak. You know, uh, and that's one of the things you hear the experts talk about. I'll repeat it. Just because someone tells you that it's a fade doesn't mean they're not going to have any of that player. Um, You know, when you think of a player and you think you know their ownership, in this case, I think Dak's ownership is going to be 20 to 25 percent. Now, I have to decide, is he that good of a play that I want to have 45 to 50 and, 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 and lap the field? Do I want to have right around what his ownership's going to be and stay even with the field? Do I want to maybe be half? And 
do I want to fade him completely? So there's four different major ways that you can fade. And for me with Dak, um, I'm going a little less than half. Um, <clears throat> last I looked, I was somewhere in the 6 to 8% range on Dak Prescott. So not advising everyone to get off him, but I am going to have less Dak and I'm going to probably, when we get to tight ends, I'll, you know, uh, well, all right. So I'm going to go up to the top. My top price guy, if I'm going to pay up, is Russell Wilson. He's in a great matchup. He can run, so he's got a great floor. He's not my first pick, but I definitely have some Russell Wilson this week. I have some Derek Carr. Derek Carr is would be the chalk, except that there are so many other good things that have opened up this week, and quarterback in general doesn't have as much chalk per se, um, like you see in other positions where you get 35-40% ownership. I love Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is one of my two guy, top two guys <clears throat> in ownership. I also I was very interested to hear the name Blake Bortles. He is the guy who's coming on strong with my lineups late in the week, gaining ownership. I think this game has a chance of being a shootout. He is home, and I don't think he's going to have much ownership. But my number one guy of the week, who I think is going to have almost no ownership, <clears throat> one of the highest-owned guys of the week is going to be Julio Jones. Uh, people talk about loving uh, Sanu. As a second guy, people like Devonta Freeman, but no one's talking about Matt Ryan. I expect Matt Ryan to have a 3 to 5% at most ownership percentage. And if you really believe that, that Julio's going to go off and that Sanu's going to go off, um, you know, the big reason that he's not going to get ownership is, and this is where you can really take advantage of other people's thoughts. And even experts, experts have it in their head that Matt Ryan doesn't throw for 300 yards and never throws for more than two touchdowns. And for the most part, they're right. But it's a great matchup. He's at home. Um, you know, second year in a Mike in a in a Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan offense. I really like Matt Ryan as a super sneaky guy who you know. He's still got five games. I looked it up. Hold on. Let's see if I still have it open. Uh, no, I don't. But um, he, he, I looked up the number of 300-yard games last year, and I'm going back to see if it's – here we go. 300-yard games last year, the Atlanta Falcons had five. So that's the 13th place uh, tied with the Eagles. Drew Brees had the most at 11. Carson Palmer had nine. Ben had eight. Uh, Chargers had eight. Redskins had seven. So um, five is not bad. So I like Matt Ryan. Uh, let's see. Is there anyone else? Oh, last guy I got to talk on is Brock Osweiler. I own a good bit of Brock. Um, I think that he is in a real plus matchup. And and he's kind of, when I'm when I'm playing, only a couple lineups, like a three-entry. Osweiler is a guy that I'm going with. And then my my pivot off of Dak is Robert Griffin III. I won't have a ton of them, but, um, you know, the way to beat Philly is through the air. They've got two guys who are game-breakers. He can run the ball. I think Robert Griffin III is a sneaky play. So, Mueller, 
after listening to my picks and your picks, um, who do you want to stick in the quarterback slot? Well, I like the I, I like the idea of Matt Ryan too. Um, you know, we always talk about the difference between cash and GPP, and um, you know, when you're looking to win a GPP, you want to have that guy that goes off at a low percent. And I think that Matt Ryan at home is a very very sneaky play, especially when we all, right. all the talk about Julio Jones. You know, um, I, I, I you know talking, look again, it comes down to this. Do you want Bortles and A-Rob? Do you want Bortles and, you know, if you're going to go with Stafford, you really have to choose between three wide receivers, right? I think any of the three wide receivers with Stafford, and I got a lot of Stafford lineups, and one I'll do Jones, one I'll do Bolden, and one I'll do Tate. And, you know, so it's harder if you're making one lineup, like Mauler and I are doing, to, 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 to go with Stafford. Bortles, again, you could go A-Rob or you could go Hearns, maybe 55-45 or 60-40. There's a decision to be made there. When you're making a lineup um, and you're only making one, we know that we're going to go – if we're going to do Ryan, we're going to do Julio, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it. That's the pair. And a lot of the people that are talking about taking Julio, you don't hear them say, I'm going to stack with Matt Ryan. So I think – if Ryan and Jones do both have big games, we have an advantage, even though Jones would be highly owned. Yep. Um, one of my, uh, I'll do the running backs first. Um, one of the things that I've been doing since there is so much running back value this week is I will, um, I've been paying up. There's a few guys up on the top end that I like. Um, the sneakiest one is, oh, and I, I had wanted to say this. My other key focus in this offseason, something I've learned from Adam Levitan, is volume, opportunity, volume, opportunity. And a lot of – and JM to win, too. And most of the good guys talk about it, but I'm really focused on making a list of guys who I think are going to get the volume. And then I'm looking for the guys out of that list who I think are going to have the lowest ownership. And one of the top guys on that list is Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson is going to have either Sean Hill, I think they announced Hill is going to start, um, or even if Bradford plays, they're not going to pass that much. You know, they're in a positive game script. Peterson, you know, I don't think his salary will fit this lineup with Matt and Julio, uh, but Adrian Peterson, folks, I think out of all the studs is the guy who is going to have the lowest ownership. Ezekiel Elliott, any time you've got that offensive line, he's also a leverage play against Dak, Um, so I'll have some of him. My number one running back of the week in the top end is Lamar Miller. Um, I just love, you know, his opportunity. He he had some monster games last year, and then they rested him. Um, I don't think Bill O'Brien will rest him. I think Bill O'Brien is, you know, I could see him making a point out of this game, and that's why I kind of like the Osweiler and Hopkins stack. Um, and even putting Miller for a three-way correlation is a good thing to do. LaShawn McCoy is another one of those guys who just is going to have a huge workload. Um, my favorite, second favorite running back on the week and my best price performer is Ryan Matthews. The Eagles... Cleveland has an atrocious run defense. Matthews is the no-doubt starter. 
They're starting Carson Wentz. They're probably not going to throw the ball that much. Matthews has some game as a receiver as well. I really like him. Latavius Murray is a good play, but kind of chalky. Um, when you get lower, Jeremy Langford is another one of those guys who is a volume going to be a volume hog. The only question is, will Chicago, you know, I could see them scoring zero. But Jeremy Langford is going to be a three-down back for them. He's also going to have lower ownership than the other guys who are going to get a lot of volume, I think. Um, Charles Sims is a sneaky guy. Um, my sneakiest guy right now, though, is T.J. Yeldon. And I was completely off of him until because of the 50-50 split there. But you've got this issue where Chris Ivory has a calf issue. I'm not saying we should put Yeldon in this lineup because <clears throat> he's like my third or fourth option out of the lower price guys. But if Ivory is announced as playing and his calf tightens up and you've got Yeldon in some lineups, you got a chance to get some really great value cheap. Theo Riddick is one of my favorite lower price guys at 4000 I don't think anyone's going to be on him. If you love that fast-paced game between Indy and Detroit, I think he's a very sneaky way, and I've got a good bit of him. And then my you'll notice that I skipped right over 4400 and uh, Spencer Ware. Uh, I just think that his ownership isn't backed up by – you know, some of the other outcomes that could happen, whether Charles plays, whether West takes too much of it. Um, great matchup, but bit with big ownership. I just named a couple guys right around the same price. I like um, as much, but uh, Kristen Michael um, is announced as the starter. I mean, Rawls might not even see the field. I think he is the number one value at the running back position this week. Mauler? Who do you got at running back? Well, I'm going to start and work my way from the bottom up. I totally agree with the last two guys you mentioned. If Rawls is out, I think Michael is a plug-and-play just for the simple fact, like you mentioned a second ago, that everybody is on Spencer Ware. And, you know, they go with whoever's hot in Kansas City. And if West comes out and his first few carries are great, they're going to ride him for a little while and then, you know, what do you do with Ware at, at 30 35% ownership? So, I like uh, Michael for sure if Rawls is limited or if, or if Rawls isn't playing. I love Theo Riddick. The Lions just gave him an extension yesterday. I think he's actually going to be the featured back tomorrow. Um, it's I, not, was, I was just going to say that, you know, with Abdul coming off that shoulder injury and barely playing in preseason, one of his outcomes is that he has the most touches on that team. Yeah, and we both know that he's one of their top receivers, you know, even at the running back position. Even with Abdullah healthy, he was catching four, five, six balls a game. If you mix in 10 to 12 carries with Riddick, I mean, you know, his ceiling is, is pretty great at 4,000. So I love those two guys you mentioned, Michael and Riddick. As I scroll up, um, like you said, for our GPP needs, we don't want to look at where. Um, West could steal a lot of his thunder. Um, I do like Langford, but I totally agree. They could, they could you know, be a bust and get shut out. 
you may get a few catches out of him. You may get 50, 60 rushing yards. But, you know, I don't think there's too high of a ceiling there. Um, as I move up a little more, um, I really love your idea of Ryan Matthews. My friends in our season-long league left because I drafted him. But, you know, he's going to be the workhorse in Philly. He's going to get the goal line carries. Therefore, well, and the, um, and the fact that people are laughing is what makes him a, a great. In other words, where you take advantage of in GPPs is other people's prejudices. You know, prejudice is not a good thing. You know, recency bias, all the times he's let people down. Um, and that creates an opportunity because at running back, if you listen to Bales, um, and you listen to TJ and, and Chris, the number one thing, and, and JM, it's all, it's all about, you know, volume first. So go ahead. I, I'm sorry I jumped in on you. Oh, no, I, I totally agree. Matthews is going to get the goal line carries. Um, and, you know, Philly will be running out as a, a rookie quarterback, just like we talked about um, in the other games. Well, you know, rookie quarterback starting Ezekiel Elliott with a good line is going to get a, a, a lot of carries. Adrian Peterson's going to get a lot of carries. Well, the same thing holds true for Ryan Matthews. So I like him at 5,700. Um, as I move up, I like LaShawn McCoy, just like you did. Um, he's a pass catcher as well. Uh, I can see Tyrod Taylor just, you know, checking down, dumping a few balls off to him for a few extra points. Um, and I like David Johnson. I think David Johnson is primed to have a big game. Do I want to pay up to 7,500 to get him? I'm not sure. But uh, I do think, you know, for our listeners out there, he's primed to have a good game. And I skipped over Lamar Miller. Totally agree with you there. He's in for a big game. And at 7,000, I think in that range, you know, between the 6,500, 7,500 range, he's probably my favorite play. Gotcha. So why don't we do this? We've got a lot of possibilities at the running back position. Let's do the old JM to win thing. Um, we got our stack, and then the next thing we'll do is we'll put in our two best values. For now, we're going to put in Kristen Michael and Theo Riddick. And in the flex, we'll, uh, well, we'll put Matthews in the flex. I'm sorry, Matthews in the second running back spot and Riddick in the flex because he plays in the late game. And then we'll see what where we are with, you know, dollars and our other wide receivers and tight ends. So why don't you take us through the wide receiver position, Mahler? Well, we already have Julio Jones in, so um, we have him penciled in. As you go down, we talked about uh, the Lions earlier. I love Marvin Jones. The thing I worry about is ownership. Sounds like you know, through social media and through just listening to different programs, it could be kind of high. But at 4,600, um, if he has the game that people are thinking that I'm thinking he's going to have, you know, it might be one of those chalk plays that, that you kind of want. In that same price range, I'm looking at Stefan Diggs. Now, we talked about Minnesota not throwing it a lot. However, they do throw it. I think Diggs is going to be the guy. He's only 4,800, so for our listeners, I think that's a, a sneaky play. I think it's unfortunate that on our slate, we don't have the Pittsburgh game. But, you know, for our listeners, if you are playing a different slate where you can have Monday night games, take a hard look at Eli Rogers. It was announced that uh, Wheaton is out today. Eli Rogers is going to be the second receiver behind Brown. 
Brown is going to be covered by Josh Norman, which will open up, uh, you know, a lot of opportunities for, for Eli Rogers. So if you're, you're playing a slate where you do have the Monday night game listeners, just take a look at that. I mean, I think that's a huge advantage, um, you know, for those, those of you that can get Eli Rogers in versus people that have already been making lineups for several weeks, you know, um, after that, I like the, the second receiver in Indianapolis, Dante Moncrief. Only thing that scares me is they're saying Andrew Luck has a bum shoulder. So that kind of takes me off him, but I do like him. Um, favorite play of the day, 6,600 Eric Decker. Uh, he's a touchdown machine. I think that, uh, you know, with the injuries to the Bengals secondary, I think he's a great play. And I also like Brandon Marshall across from him. So I think both uh, the number one and two Jets receivers are good plays. You're stacking uh, with Derek Carr, of course, look at Amari Cooper. Um, I think Mike Evans of Tampa Bay at 7,400 is a solid play. And if you're stacking with Drew Brees, take a look at Brandon Crooks. Now at the top of the list of those high-priced guys, um, you know, if you have the money, if you're playing Dak Prescott, if you're playing one of the lower guys, I don't mind playing Odell Beckham. But as a pivot off Beckham because of his popularity, I think you mentioned it earlier, I really like DeAndre Hopkins. I think Osweiler's gotten into that system pretty well. He had to learn it very quick. But I think um, for my my preference in a GPP, pivoting off Beckham, I really like DeAndre Hopkins. So I'll turn it over to you. Those were my receivers, and let's see how many we match up. All right. So from a strategy perspective, depending on the lineups, the stack that you're going with, um, things of that nature, there's a a couple really interesting strategies here. Because there's so much value overall this week on DraftKings, I think you're going to see a lot of lineups with Julio and Beckham or Julio and Hopkins or Dez and Julio. The one guy out of that top tier that no one is really going to have is A.J. Green, and that's because of the perception that he'll be on Revis Island. And just like with uh, running backs volume, you know, Green has accomplished a lot with just a a decent amount of targets in his career. Um, With LaFell as the second receiver and a rookie as the first and Tyler Eifert out, I think you can get A.J. Green at a, a tremendous discount. Whether we use him in this lineup or not, I think he is a very very good one of the great ways that I've won some GPPs and I only won one but I mean done very well in some GPPs and had my biggest hits a lot of times is when I play the irresistible force against the immovable object everyone's off you know that the the force because of the object but sometimes the force wins and Revis is you know, I, I know he was hurt a little bit last year, and that slowed him down, but he's 31 years old. Uh, target hound for A.J. Green. I like him a lot. Allen Robinson is interesting, but a little higher priced. I like him in Bortle stacks because I think he will go low-owned because he is in a higher price point. What I really love, though, is the second-tier pricing. I think as much as I could where it made sense, I would make lineups and have – two or three of this tier, Keenan Allen, Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, um, and Mike Evans. So all those guys, I think, are A, number one receivers. Evans is down a little bit because he's got a tougher matchup with Trufant. 
Um, but I, I, I think you can make lineups if you go cheap at running back with that tier and be contrarian. Um, Golden Tate, as you mentioned, Marvin Jones. I think Golden Tate, because he's so much more than Jones or Bolden in his own way, is pretty sneaky. Uh, Amari Cooper is one of the chalks of the week. I really like Sammy Watkins. I, he's a guy who can do a lot with a little. I have a good bit of Sammy Watkins. I like Decker. I like Baldwin. So we get down to the $6,000 price point. And I guess I include Decker at 6600 here. I, I have a lot of Decker and Moncrief, but my number one wide receiver is Jarvis Landry. Um, $6,000 in a game that they're going to have to pass a lot. I know there's some fear that Sherman will follow him around, but, um, I mean, Jarvis Landry is just so hard to keep off the, the scoreboard, and I could envision a 10-120 with a touchdown day. I really like him. Uh, more of a fan duel play is Michael Floyd for me. I like Alan Hearns a lot. I think that he is a very good choice. I think a sneaky GPP play that I've gotten a few lineups is Corey Coleman. Uh, I love Diggs. He's my number one ownership um, among wide receivers at um, in my MFL 10s. Uh, I think Willie Sneed is sneaky. I like Philip Dorsett at 4,500, Vincent Jackson at 4,400. So a lot of guys, as you can see, that I like, and as I'm making lineups, it depends on my money and who my quarterback and my stud receiver were. Uh, Will Fuller is another uh, guy I like. I don't have a ton, but he's a deep threat. He could have three catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns, uh, probably not that high of an ownership. Lower end, I think Jermaine Curse is a nice uh, little guy. And then Tajay Sharp at 3,000. I only have a little bit of him. But that is my wide receiver breakdown. So, Mahler, again, I think what we should do is we should fill out tight end and defense, and then we can go back and look at wide receiver and running back. How does that sound? Yeah, I agree, and it will give us an idea of, you know, how much money we have left and where to go from there. All right. So, Gronk's out. I wasn't on him anyway. I was super on uh, Martellus Bennett. I had about 20% of him until the Gronk news came, and you would think that I would go to 40% if I really liked him. But a lot of the reason I liked him is because I expect Edelman to be on Peterson or Peterson to be on Edelman, and I expected Tyrion Mathieu on Gronk, leaving Bennett with the weaker matchup. I don't like him against Tyrion Mathieu, not enough to play. So that was a big, a big negative. Um, I like Kobe Fleener um, as a small percentage of my business. Um, a guy who I think is going to go way underlooked is, uh, sorry, I just lost my, tr Jason Witten. I mean, he is old. I mean, he is slow now. He's not the Jason Witten we used to know, but the Giants were probably the worst team in the league against the tight end last year. Uh, consistently, they didn't improve their linebackers, or, you know, and really their safeties either. I think Jason Witten is super sneaky, but I've been mostly spending down, and I've got three guys that I've been doing it with, number one on that list, and I'm a little pissed because I keep hearing his name thrown around, 
and I've been hyping him on Twitter for a while. It's Jared Cook. He's only 2,900. I just think he's in line for a much bigger season. I was hoping the fact that he had disappointed for so long would keep his ownership down, but um, he's still my favorite play. I will, you know, remember I said Dak Prescott, I'll be underweight. Um, You know, I'm looking at around 45% of my lineups having Jared Cook right now. The other two guys I really like, though, um, Dwayne Allen, um, he's the best red zone target in Indy. He's going to get, you know, consistent targets now that Kobe Fleener's gone. I I like him not as much as Cook, but he's my second favorite. And then the sneakiest one is Clive Walford. I think you're going to have huge ownership on Cooper. You're going to have you're probably about 20% on Cooper, 10% on Crabtree, and I expect Walford to have like 3%. He's a big body near the end zone, and he is my third choice. Mueller, the tight end position. Well, we are you know totally in sync on this, and you know one of the reasons uh, is I would just drool when Cook and uh, Allen would slide to me in season-long drafts because then I could load up on receivers, you know, get some depth at running back. But every every week, you know, every new draft, Cook and Dwayne Allen would keep sliding to me in the lower, lower rounds. And I just, you know, I'm like you. I just took advantage of it, and I loved it. I love. So which one do you like better? I mean, if we're going to, you know, I, I – I really, because we have an expensive lineup, I really don't want to think about, you know, one of the higher options. Um, I like Witten. I think he's sneaky, but, I mean, he's an extra $1,000 over either Allen or Cook. I'm good with using either one mall, or which one do you want to use? Well, I, I like Cook myself. I think he's in for a big day. Rodgers, you know, uh, is by far the best quarterback he's ever played with, and I think he's in for a huge year, like you said, and you know, why not start him off? All right, Mueller, you want to take us through some defenses? Yeah, um, my first defense is also a money saver, and it's for the simple fact that, uh, you know, they're playing against a backup quarterback. I like the Titans at home, 2,600 against Sean Hill-led uh, Minnesota Vikings. Um, I think they're in a good spot to get a few turnovers, and even if they don't get turnovers, like you said, I think it's going to be a very slow game for Minnesota because they're going to try and run the ball a lot. And the Titans know that. They'll probably stack the box, and I think they're in a good position. Um, if, if I'm paying up, I mean, you know, you're looking at Kansas City. I think uh, they could, could force some turnovers against San Diego. But then again, you're looking at a $1,000 difference in price, and, you know, I'd much rather go with the Titans than the Chiefs. I think the Cardinals are sneaky. You know, people uh, still probably believe in the Patriots. However, the Cardinals' defense, you know, is very they, – they've got some studs, and they added some studs in the offseason. And, uh, you know, they got a point to prove, and they're at home. So if you're paying up 3500 I like the Cardinals. And uh, if you move down the line a little bit, um, one of the lowest uh, game totals is the Jets and the Bengals. I will probably not have much of either, but, you know, if you're looking to roster someone in that price range, I would say, you know, lean on Vegas and maybe go with the Jets and the Bengals. But if I'm paying up, I like the Cardinals. If I'm paying down, I really like the Titans. All right. So 
Um, I wasn't on any high-priced defense. The highest price that I was on was the Eagles at 33. I also, one of my favorites, probably my highest ownership is the Texans. Uh, Cutler, as we all know, can be a turnover machine on the road. You know, there's just, you know, against a a good defense, there's just a lot that could go wrong there. I think, again, Robert Robert Griffin III against the Eagles. The Eagles have improved their secondary some. They've, you know, they're going to be playing at a much slower pace than they did under Chip Kelly. I've got a good bit of Eagles. But when the news, again, of Gronk coming out, I started picking up Cardinals D. You've got Chandler Jones in a narrative street game against the first game against the team that traded him. You've got uh, an aggressive defense against the young quarterback who's got the weight of the world on him. It's one thing if you're starting because um, the the guy's hurt, but you're starting because Brady's on suspension. Um, And I love Jimmy Garoppolo, but he has not looked good um, since his rookie year. And I, I think that the Cardinals are an exceedingly good choice. I like the Bengals at 3,000. They're my favorite out of that tier, um, simply because Ryan Fitzpatrick has been known to implode. And I think you can get, you know, a, a touchdown out of him. I think the Packers are a reasonable choice at 2,800. My sneakiest defense of the game, if you want to be aggressive and you want to try and lap the field, is the Giants. I'm a Giant fan, and I, I detailed how there are horrible safeties and horrible linebackers, but they've improved their pass rush. And they, are, they, they were not, for as bad a D as they were last year, they scored 118 fantasy points last year. And the reason is because they are good at getting turnovers and pick sixes and, and, and big plays. So the other, you know, I still wouldn't play them, except I expect both Dak and Ezekiel Elliott to have big um, ownerships. And so if you play the Giants D in a GPP and Dak has a bad game, and, and even if he doesn't, even if Dak, you know, and the Cowboys score 30 points, if there's two pick sixes the other way or a fumble by the rookie and, you know, and a couple sacks, the Giants could put up 20 points. And if Dak only gets 15 and Elliott only gets 15, you know, you've really leveraged yourself. So they talk about leverage plays. I love the Giants as a leverage play. I do like the Titans. I've got a good bit of them. Um, anytime Eli Manning is passing the ball, I think the defense on the other side is worth looking at. The Cowboys, he is just known to have a lot of turnovers. And I would say if you're really desperate, um, Carson Wentz, first game, the Browns have a bad, bad defense, but they've got some good returners. And Carson Wentz could easily give up some uh, pick sixes some sacks, so the Browns would be my bottom-of-the-barrel pick. Mahler, you've heard it all. Where do you want to go? We both do like the Titans, so if you want to go there, I'm fine with it. We both like the Cardinals. I'm very fine with that. Um, we can, you know, we can look, you know, just to give you an idea, if we put in the Cardinals, and I took Riddick out because I had forgotten for a second we're not doing the flex, so I got Michael and Matthews in there. 
Uh, Cardinals leaves us 5,900 per position, and the Titans leaves us 2,600. Why don't we put the uh, which gives us 6,200? Why don't we put the Cardinals in? Do the opposite and go with the more expensive one, and that way, if we're just trying to shoehorn someone in at the end, uh, we got a couple bucks to go down. How does that sound? Yeah, I agree, and you know. They've got some some monsters on D, so I see a lot of sacks and you know maybe some fumbles and pick sixes coming our way. So I like the idea of the Cardinals. All right, so we're back to our wide receivers, and you like Decker, I like Decker. Do you want to stick in Decker? Let's put in a Decker. And that leaves us fifty five hundred for the wide receiver and the flex. Uh, or if we drop the Cardinals out and we go to the Titans, that leaves uh, 6000 each. So, um, you know, I like Landry at 6000 but, you know, again, we could, you know, you could go a couple ways here, and any of the wide receivers that I spoke of really kind of made sense to you? Yeah, I mean, I like Landry a ton, like you said he's going to get all the targets because they're going to be playing from behind. And, you know, we already heard Gay say a while back that, you know, they're going to force feed him the ball. So I like that. Um, I penciled him in, um, which gave us. Do you uh, like Michael or Riddick? Um, It it all depends. I like, uh, I like Michael. If Rawls is out, probably more, but, if Rawls is playing, I'd probably like Riddick more. So it's kind of a wait and see. Well, Riddick's going to have the lower ownership. That much I can promise. Huh. Uh, yeah, on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you like? Let's say let's say Rawls is, and I think he is. He's going to be limited. Five, six, uh, five, six you know, carries, I think. Um, but there is the chance that he, there's a little, you know, there is some worry there. Where Riddick, there's, you know, we know what his role is. If anything, he is going to go up rather than down. Yeah, and, you know, from what I've seen as well, a lot of people are pairing Ware and Michael and uh, loading up everywhere else. So, yeah, we can we can take Michael out and go Riddick and go from there. Yep. I think that that is an interesting way of doing it, which allows us to be a little more chalky with our last two picks. So, if we put Landry in at 6000 that leaves 5700 with the Titans or 4800 with the uh the Cardinals uh, and um all right, so let's look at uh, the flex at 4800. I, I immediately Look at uh, Marvin Jones at forty six hundred. Well, we're each going to make our choice, so yep. uh, we won't we won't go into that. But um, certainly, out of the guys, we uh, Willie Sneed is forty eight hundred, Diggs is forty eight hundred, Langford's forty seven hundred, Marvin Jones is forty six. Um, so certainly, at you know, if you pop the Cardinals D in. There's a lot of options there, um, even Bolden and Dorsett. If you put the Titans in, go up to and you remember 50. them, 
that puts you up to Crab Latavius tree. Murray, Crabtree. I mean, no one that I like that much more than who's at the lower level. Yeah, me either. All right, so the Cardinals go in. Now, is there anywhere else that we – all right, so let's try one other thing. Let's say we um, – let's say we go Riddick and Michael for a second. And I'm not saying we should. But let's say we go Riddick and Michael, and that means we could – yeah, nah, I don't even want to mess with that. I like Matthews. Yeah, and it doesn't give us – I mean, our only real options if we go Michael and Riddick, I mean, it gives us Baldwin, um, maybe Mark Ingram. You know, like you said, nothing that I like more than what's down at the 48, 4600 range. All right, so the lineup that we've come up with um, is Matt Ryan, Theo Riddick, Ryan Matthews, Julio Jones, Eric uh, Decker, uh, Jarvis Landry, Jared Cook, and the Cardinals defense with the flex position open. And we are looking at possible choices that we will separately make without discussing with each other before we make the selection, uh, Gio Bernard, Willie Sneed, Stefan Diggs, Jeremy Langford, Marvin Jones, uh, Anquan Bolden, Jeremy Hill, Philip Dorsett. So a, a lot of really good choices, even Spencer Ware, if you don't mind being a little chalky. And that pretty much wraps up week one, more. Yep. And I think uh, I think it's going to be a good week one for us. Um uh, we've decided to enter the Millie with our teams and then uh, two of the three max entries uh, with our teams. So, you know, there's some good money on the line, and uh, we had a, a decent year together last year, so I think uh, I think we're ready. Yep, well, I hope you do well with your teams, and hopefully I'll do well with my teams and never the twain shall meet. Uh, it's unfortunate, <laughs> I think, that DraftKings has made this choice and not let us play lineups together. Uh, especially since there's some well-known guys in the industry who make teams together. So I don't know um, how, the, you know, the, you know, some of them were on uh, video doing it um, in that, in that documentary on DFS. Um, not going to throw stones, not my style, but um, just to cover our bases, we are not going to be playing these lineups together. Uh, we've given everyone an idea of how to build a team this week and the different rows. And honestly, Mauler, I even I even hold the the possibility of making a change or two here, um, you know, based on news and injuries and all sorts of things. So I thank you. Um, we're going to leave everyone out. Um, you know, last year I did a skit where I interviewed Arnold Schwarzenegger. I found this funny line about, uh, you know, about him doing his first fantasy draft. And um, he he, he says the word Rumford, so I made a joke about it, which, if you listen to this, is like the most ridiculous, you know, and, and Rumford Johnny actually blocked me after that. Um, so he now forever I know him. At, I, I, whenever his name comes up, I always say, oh, oversensitive Johnny. 
because he actually gets complimented in this, but everyone can hear it for themselves, will lead you out with my interview last year with the Terminator, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was very excited getting ready to do his first fantasy football draft. Mauler, good luck this week. You too. Thanks, Todd. Bye. So I'm really excited to get Arnold in here, ask him a few questions. Arnold, are you there? Who are you? Um, Todd, you were going to do the show with me? What do you want? Remember you said you'd do the show? Yes. How are you? I'm good. You? I'm very happy to be here. What do we got to do? Well, we're going to talk about fantasy football, right? Yes. No problemo. Oh, okay, good. So when people would ask you to play fantasy football in the past, what is it that you would tell them? I don't play that game. Hmm. I'm not interested in that. Ah, do you think fantasy is important? It doesn't matter. Really? A lot of people think it's important. You sure? I don't play that game. Well, I play fantasy football a lot, and I've always been pretty good at it. I think it's important. Well, you must be very proud of yourself. I am, I guess. Um, What's the matter? Well, you weren't very nice to me. Uh, I was hoping... Hi, are you? Yeah, I guess. So um, now you're getting ready to play in your first fantasy league, I guess for charity. And have you come around? Are you a little bit excited about playing? Yes. Well, that's good. I was a little nervous to... Go on. Well, you're ready to do your first draft. Am I correct? Yes. And do you think anyone has a chance of beating you in this? No. There's a lot of trading in fantasy. What are you going to say if someone offers you a bad deal? Don't be ridiculous. Are you out of your mind? That's pretty funny. I guess that would scare them. What are you afraid of? <laughs> and what if they offer you a good deal? I like that deal. You told me that you have uh, been studying. Do you have a favorite analyst? 2029 Romford Rhodes. Excuse me? Romford. Oh, you mean Romford Johnny? Yes. Oh, he's, uh, he's really good at this uh, fantasy. I agree with you. After studying with him, are you ready? Yes. A big part of fantasy football is trash talking. Have you practiced your trash talking? Well, I've got news for you. You are mine now. You belong to me. <laughs> wow, it sounds like you've been practicing, huh? Yes. And when you win, what are you going to say to your opponent? I can't wait to hear that. Game over. And what happens if they get sad that you do that? Why do you cry? That's pretty phony. And if someone beats you, what are you going to say? But I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! Stop it! Oh, I guess that would get him to stop it. So have you decided on anyone for the first round? I don't know. Wow. So when is your first draft? Tonight. Is this draft taking place? Miami. Ah, what time? Seven. And how much is it to play? 200. So, do you like my show so far? Good, now we're having fun. Ah, good. Do you like me? I like that. Oh, good. Do you find me funny and humorous? <laughs> and my delivery so far? Perfect. Excellent, excellent. I'm so glad that you like it, Arnold. Well, I'm not sure you're going to like the next part as much. 
I wouldn't be doing my job as a reporter justice if I didn't mention the issue you had with the maid and the scandal. I mean, Arnold, a lot of people thought you were a pervert. I'm not a pervert. Ah, well, what happened when Maria found out? What did you say to her? One of us is in deep trouble. Wow, that's pretty bold. What did she say when you tried that? You're really inconsiderate. I bet she didn't like that. You're right. Wow. And what else did she say to you? You are damaged goods. Wow. Do you, what did you say to her? I have the utmost respect for women. Did she say anything else to you after that? I mean, come on. What the hell were you thinking? Yeah, I know. So at that point, did you fall on your sword? What did you say to her to try and make her feel better? I didn't mean to hurt you. And what did she say to that? Goodbye. Wow, that's pretty sad. What's your take on the thing? Oh, this is embarrassing. Ah, and what else? I think it was the stupidest thing I've done. Yeah, it, it was pretty stupid. You're right. So what was the worst punishment and backlash that you got from the whole incident? My father, you know, uh, ran after me with the, with the uh, belt and uh, beat me with the belt. Wow, that's pretty old-school Austrian, huh? Wouldn't you say? Yes. I always wondered, how, how does something like that come about? How does it happen? It could happen to anyone. I don't know about that, Arnold. That's pretty weak. What? Nothing. Nothing at all. So what are you going to do after this interview? It's been pretty hard. I need a vacation. Ah, well, I guess you do. So it was nice seeing you. Thank you. Goodbye. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was really just amazing having you on. That's amazing. I know. So will you come back and do the show again? Let's do it. All right. Well, thank you very much, everyone. That's Arnold. And I really appreciate him coming on the show for my first show. It was pretty special. And I think that uh, I'm going to take about a 10-second break here. Uh, be right back with the Run to Daylight Football Funcast. Folks, that, that'll do it. That's the end of uh, our week one show. Hope you liked the interview. Hope you liked the lineups with the Mauler. Uh, we'll lead you out with a little bit of a song. Um, we're going to put a lot of money in this week. We're letting it ride. So we're going to leave you with the song Let It Ride from Bachman Turner Overdrive. Thanks for joining the Run to Daylight podcast.
And 